I'm Kate Daniels. I feel so challenged and sometimes so helpless in doing something that is going to help persons facing the huge challenges we see around us more and more. The poverty, the violence, the drugs and addictions. And then one day I find an opportunity to speak with Lisa Forbes, who is a national speaker and the author of I Can Take It From Here and Who Offers a Solution. In part, Lisa shares how the program made a world of difference in her life, and she's here to share some insights. Lisa Forbes, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. I'm pleased to be here, Kate. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be doing that because this is so critically important for us to talk about our incarcerated population but very more specifically in terms of military who are incarcerated. But in general, what we as a country are doing to help people to come out of prison and really have a better footing for a better future, correct? Correct. Well, you know, 60 to 70 percent of all people who are incarcerated are in a state of trauma when they arrive. But unfortunately, the problem is exacerbated for veterans because they have service-related trauma in addition to the pre-service trauma. So the pre-service trauma is the same type of trauma that anybody can have, childhood abuse, you know, bad marriage, anything in your environment. And in fact, trying to escape some of those things is what drives people into the military. I know that growing up, I had an interest in joining the Air Force, And it was the promise of belonging to something, the structure, the discipline, that kind of made me want to go in the first place. But then when people come out of the military, Kate, many times they are completely different people. They're changed by their experiences, some of what they've seen, maybe even some of what they've done. And then when they get out, if they're surrounded by people who don't understand that, or who don't understand their experiences or don't support them for their service, then that really triggers the not only the same old feelings of not belonging and not being understood, but then it triggers PTSD, and that leads to um, all kinds of anger situations, loss of jobs, loss of relationships, all of the things that our veterans have particular issues with. My goodness, that is uh, such a heavy burden. And thinking in terms of what you said about going into the military because it was going to be this place of belonging. And I think there are a lot of people who might go into the military because the service then provides the opportunity for education afterwards. But the things that go on in the military, and I'm thinking naively because I have not been in the military. I was married at one time to someone in the military. Uh, there's just so much that goes on that those of us who really haven't been there have no idea of how to comprehend and to deal with it, grapple with it, make help those persons uh, who have served to to really work in and live in society. Exactly. So, you know, I say that when... Military uh, veterans are at home. We have got to start doing more than just thanking them for their service. You know, we need to give them the dignity 
that they deserve, but also give them the support to exercise that dignity. And the irony is that it's not like, Kate, that we don't know how to do this. It's like it would be reinventing the wheel. So, for example, we are open arms to immigrants, for instance, who are fleeing war zones. And when they get here, they have the benefit of something called the Office of New Americans Act. And it is the, uh, it's on the federal level as well as on the various states. This um, act establishes all kinds of support for immigrants to, quote, become economically and civically engaged in the communities where they're living, help them to grow or start a business, provide legal representation, and facilitate access to resources where they need to prosper. And in fact, New York even has, unbelievably, what they call a Golden Door Parent Support Program. And the purpose is to offer mental health support groups for immigrant families and connect them to free resources. Now, I am all in favor of helping immigrants. I'm not anti-immigrant, but I don't understand why we have the political will and the resources for these types of services for immigrants fleeing war zones, but we don't have it for veterans who have served the country. There is, what do we call it, the million-dollar question, why don't we? Well, it, it really is. Some of it is um, education. Like a lot, not a lot of people even know about these offices that exist. And so if people really want to know about them, I'm, I would be happy to send them information. They could email me at Lisa at LisaForbesSpeaks.com or see my website, LisaForbesSpeaks.com, and I'd be happy to educate them on this Office of New Americans, which really is being funded and pushed in every state. So some of it is education, but most of it, Kate, is just political will. You know, I mean, our, we, I remember listening to uh, then-President Obama talk about something that people were saying, oh, he should do. And I, remember, I always remember him giving this response. He said, you have to make me do it. Hmm. And I think we have forgotten that about our political uh Service. We have forgotten that they are our service. We should be making them do what serves us. And so I think it's just a question of really educating people and building up the political will that we want our veterans cared for. And not when it comes to recidivism and trauma with veterans, this is not even just, um, this is not like bleeding heart liberal kind of things. This is a public health issue and a public safety issue. It is in everyone's interest that all incarcerated people who are going to be out one day come out in a state where they can be able to take care of themselves. And that's the main premise of my book. My book is called I Can Take It From Here. And for me, it's the, it's, it's the subtitle is A Memoir of Trauma, Prison, and Self-Empowerment. So for me, it was the journey of how I experienced trauma, it led to prison, and then the protocols that I used on myself to develop self-empowerment and to get to the point where I can take it from here. But the point of it is to get all of us to the point where each person can say, I can take it from here. 
right? I don't need to be supported by the government. I don't need to be perpetually supported by programs. I can take it from here. So that's the name of the book. That's the name of the program. And that's also the vision that I had for myself as well as for other people, that everybody gets to the point where the thing that is stopping them from being able to take it from here is that they have unresolved trauma and unprocessed anger. And I know for me, those two things were the key to getting to the point where I could then be in a position to make better decisions. So here we have decades already, I'm thinking at least from the Vietnam War, but the PTSD existed even prior, but it seems that maybe we took better care of veterans after World War One and World War Two, but once it came to the Vietnam War, would you say that's when we really slid down a slope and um, now we're trying to climb out of that hole? Yeah, I think maybe the un- as wars become unpopular, people who serve in them bear the unfair brunt of the unpopularity that's connected to the war. But this, to me, is not a question of uh, supporting war. It's a question of supporting the people who serve their country, regardless of what another individual might think of the war itself. You know, I I think we have to separate that. Um, And so these veterans, they, you know, they deserve the dignity um, that, that, we promised them they would have the benefits that they would have. And then unfortunately, when they get out, they find it hard to even get basic medical care. But really, trauma is the thing that I focus on uh, in dealing with veterans as well as with all formerly incarcerated people, because I like to say that, you know, we sometimes we approach these problems as if they are separate and distinct things. But I live in Colorado, and so we have these huge groves of aspen trees. And if you look at them, you would think naturally that you're looking at a single tree. But what is actually happening underneath is that all of these trees in this grove are connected by a single root. Mm. And if you damage the root of just a single tree, you will eventually kill the whole grove. And that, to me, is how I look at some of the problems in society. We look at incarceration as a different tree. We look at uh, homelessness as a different tree, mental health as a different tree. You know, the problems with foster care as a different tree. Violent crime is a different tree. All of these things are different trees. What I would like to posit is that these are trees connected underground by a single root system. And that root system is trauma. And none of these issues can be permanently resolved until we address the root system. Because otherwise what you have is people who can mentally assent how to solve a problem. They know what to do. People are not stupid. You know, I know I need an apartment. I know I need a job. I know I need all these different things. I know I need to get my kids. There's a, there's a gap between what they can mentally assent to, and what they're actually capable of doing. And my position is that gap is occupied by trauma. Mm. When you resolve the trauma and close that gap, 
people are able to actually do what they already know they need to do. And so to me, the root that that connects all these things that we throw money at here, throw money at there, as if they're unconnected, they have a single root. If we address the root, those systems will fall like an aspen tree will fall, each like a domino eventually, if you damage the root. So if we solve the root of trauma, we can solve a lot of problems that we're addressing that seem to be recalcitrant. But it's like hacking at the leaves and branches. We're not addressing the root. Right. So how do we get to the root so that really then we're going to be doing this healing across the board uh, of all ages so that we get to a point of that it's prevention? Right. Well, I think, and I posted on my website, lisaforbespeaks.com, that there are three things that we need to do. And the first is we need to address trauma as a national emergency. And it needs to be a a public policy. We need public policy initiatives that support national trauma resolution. Because I would even say that when you're dealing with things like mass shootings, There is no way you are not looking at a traumatized kid. When you have a 17-year-old taking an automatic gun and shooting up, you know, a bunch of school kids, let's look at the fact that let's, let's look at what happened to him. What caused that? That doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so... You know, uh, suicide is the number two cause of death among teenagers. So we we know that we are dealing with a a population that is traumatized to the extreme. I was just reading a statistic yesterday about Colorado that we are the, I think, fifth highest state in the country uh, for suicide among people starting at age 10. So we know we are in a state of emergency when it comes to traumatized people, and it has to be approached like that. If we can set out federal programs and state-level programs to support immigrants in their trauma, we need to be doing the same for Americans in their trauma, veterans especially, and then all Americans. We, We need the same types of emergency treatment as we're giving to immigrants. And speaking of Immigrants coming in from war zones, I was reading a study that said that uh, children who live in um, some of the inner cities, when when they're tested, some of them have PTSD levels that are equivalent to children who are in war zones. So it's not theory, and it's not something that hasn't been studied. We know that in our country, we have an emergency state of citizens who are experiencing high levels of trauma, and it's, and it's being acted out in high levels of violence. We just need to approach it in the same federal and state systemized, uh, federally funded way that we deal with immigrants coming from war zones, immigrants dealing with trauma. We know how to do it. It's just a question of why are we doing it for one population and not doing it for everybody else? 
So how do we make that happen? Because I think we can all agree with you, Lisa, that we are in a state of crisis. We need to do something. And really, you've been working on this, so we don't have to go reinventing any kind of wheel. You're And you're exactly. directing us to what already exists. How do we push to make that happen? So I have been working with a man who... Uh, did a, a pilot program on a, a healing modality called the emotional freedom technique or tapping. And he had, he ran a pilot program focused on combat veterans who were suffering from PTSD. And the program was called Operation Freedom, the Answer. And there is a protocol you know, of, of tapping, it's called, or emotional freedom technique, uh, that he put these veterans through. And for this five-day pilot program, he, it was just an intense program of, of all of their trauma, all of their issues, pre-service trauma, service-related trauma, post-service-related uh, trauma, put them through this protocol for five days and then followed them for two years to establish that the, the uh protocol had actually reduced their PTSD levels, they were fully functional, and it had lasted over a two-day period. So this program, Operation Freedom, was presented to uh, Congress, it was presented to the, shown in the Obama White House, it won all kinds of awards. So when I, the the person who was uh, directing it, his name was Eric Curie, and so I called Eric and I said, Okay, what what do we do next? Now that we've demonstrated that uh, it works, and it works for combat veterans, how do we then uh, push it out into everyone else? And also I said to him, Eric, you know, the other thing I noticed about in the video was that you didn't have any black people there. So how do we get this to different populations, not only of, of veterans, but of all people in different populations? So he was really thrilled to work with me, really excited about getting this out. We were going to go to uh, the different states based on the success he had had with the program, demonstrating that it worked, having shown it to Congress, having been backed by veterans associations. And that was the original plan. We were going to take this program and just replicate it. Because once you have something that works, just work what works. So we have the program. We're going to work what works and just spread it to different states bit by bit, getting the state supports, getting the federal support. This is the program we want to work. It's called Operation Freedom. And then Eric died. Mm. And so it took the wind right out of me for that program. And then so I had to kind of regroup. And that is what what I'm doing now with another group of people. Taking the same program that I was, we were working with, with with Eric, Operation Freedom, using the same protocol that has been demonstrated scientifically to work, and that you, you, of course you have to have the, the proof, showing that it has worked, showing that it, it the effects lasted over a two-year period, which is the time that they followed them, and then just multiply it. Go to the go to the states. Go to the different VA organizations. Go to everybody and and get it funded. Go into the prisons, right? Go work with the states uh, parole systems. This is what we were going to do, and so this is what I am doing now. This is what we want to uh, continue now, working this protocol that has already been demonstrated. It's just a question of getting the funding, getting the support, getting people to know about it. 
and and getting it uh, and getting it going. So we may need a, you know a pilot program in each state or a pilot program in different major cities. But we have the proof already that it works and that the the work was permanent. It lasted, and it it supported their families, their uh, wives and spouses or whoever they were living with. You know, attested to the change in their personality, the lowering of the PTSD, and the heightening of their ability to function. So actually, we have the tools, and that's really why I wrote the book. Uh, I, I can take it from here was to show people that there is a tool that you can have. And, you know, you can use this tool if you don't have money, if you don't have health insurance, if you don't have transportation. This is a tool we teach people that they can use on themselves. So that the, the whole point of this is to get that program pushed out from the pilot program that's been successful, push it out on, throughout the country. And what about uh, in, in terms of really b- building a groundswell, some of the people who were in that test program with Eric, are they people, are they resources that can be um, involved to bring this to other states and and a handful of states even to show that it's working across these across the country and and then build from there. Absolutely, everyone who participated in the program is more than willing to to attest to its success, to attest to their personal experience with it, and to, the practitioners are willing to work with it to continue it. You know, as you say, in a handful of states, will do additional pilots and just con- prove a- again and again that it does work. So this this is the point of what we're trying to do. Uh, with I can take it from here, we're trying to put this tool in people's hands because there is a point too where, you know, you uh, a lot of what stops people from getting any help is they say, well, I don't have health insurance, I don't have money, I don't have transportation. Well, if I had needed any of those things to get help for myself, I never would have gotten it. So I, when I learned about this tool and worked it on myself, I realized that it worked for me personally. And it, as I go into the book, um, I can take it from here, my own memoir of trauma, prison, and self-empowerment, I really sh- wanted to show in that book the depth of the trauma that I had experienced. So that when people, when I talk about trauma, people will know that I'm not speaking in a theory. Mm-hmm. I have experienced pretty much any kind of trauma that a person can experience. And, and so I felt like if something works for someone who was as severely traumatized as I was on one end, and then on the other end, it worked for a group of combat veterans, it can definitely work for the masses of people in between. So if, if anyone is interested in, in participating in a pilot, they can definitely contact me. They can email me at, at Lisa at LisaForbesSpeaks.com, or they can look on the website. They can call me. We're interested in, in reaching out to people and hearing from people who would like to be participants in a pilot program like Operation Freedom. Well, it really does seem like this godsend, this gift that you're presenting to us, Lisa, that... Here we are in many states across the country, many cities, here in Seattle for sure, we're facing so much trauma, the homelessness, the drug crisis, the violence, and then just, you know, the incarceration that's going on. Mm -hmm. Here, you're providing us with a way to deal with this 
we've been throwing money into these things and nothing seems to be happening. It just seems to be worsening. Exactly. So we're, we're throwing money at something because it's like, again, if you have a, tr- a sick tree, oh, let's throw some money at the leaves. You know, oh, let's throw some money at the branches. No, put the money where the problem exists. If If what is actually supporting the disease is unprocessed anger and unprocessed trauma, let's have programs that deal adequately with that. And, you know, not just band aids when I'm talking about uh, Operation Freedom, I'm talking about something that lasted. When I started working on this program for myself, that was 15 years ago. It's lasted. Mm-hmm. When the Emotional Freedom Pilot Program was run, they followed them for two years. It lasted. So we know that this is not a Band-Aid. We're giving you something that will set you free. I'm presenting something that at the end of this, that person will be able to say, I can take it from here. That's the name of the book, and that was my vision for myself, and that's my vision for anybody who comes into this program, that at the end of it, they will be able to say, thank you for your help, I can take it from here. Yes. And not be a perpetual patient or a perpetual uh, signing up for this program or that program, wasting money and getting temporary at best results. We really do have a protocol that lasts, that's effective, that's been uh, scientifically demonstrated, and that there are individuals who will attest to the same. And so we we really do want to hear from people who want to participate in the program and and, and want to bring it to their city and uh, will help to get it supported at the state and federal levels, just like the state has money to support these other programs for immigrants. There needs to be a state and federal level programs that fund and support trauma resolution, especially when you're talking about something that has been demonstrated to work. So yes. we, we really want people who want to participate. So I just can't express enough how greatly hopeful this program is. What you are sharing with us today, Lisa. So Step one, we can go to your website, right? So let's mention mm-hmm. that again. My website is lisaforbesspeaks.com, or they can email me at lisaforbesspeaks.com. And my website also has my phone number. Anyone can call me. I'm willing to talk to people if they're dealing with trauma and they want to be in this program, 720-501-9540. We're looking for people who want to participate in this program because we care and because we know that it works. And it's really hard, Kate, to have a key to something and people are locked out of the door and they just don't know where the key is. If they get in touch with us, we can give them keys. And another piece of this, if we are wanting to get something like this going right where we are, reading your book, reading your story is really going to give us a lot of very fundamental information, right? It absolutely is. It's going to establish the depth of the trauma I'm talking about by taking them through my story, and then they can follow my journey step by step to see exactly what I did to get out of it. 
and walk a path. You know, Kate, I have really read a lot of memoirs that at the end of it, it's like rah, 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 that person, good for you. But how does that apply to me? In my memoir, I can take it from here. My goal is to get a person to be able to follow the path that I followed, to do what I did, so that at the end, they too can say, I can take it from here. I don't want people to just celebrate me. I want people to experience the freedom that I found for myself by resolving my trauma. Yes. So they can read the book and learn my individual story and then contact me and get in a pilot program where they can get the same results incredible and really just so amazing because without a doubt, I think all of us can relate to the fact of frustration because we know there's a problem and people are, leaders are talking about they're working on this problem, money's being thrown at it, but we still don't see results. So here is something, here's you with success that's lasted 15 years and counting now. Mm-hmm. Here's a way for us to really jump on board and recreate that. Exactly. And that is what I hope people will conclude when they hear this podcast and read my book. They will have hope that finally there is something that works that is available to me. Let me contact her and find out how to participate. Exactly. So that we can take it from here and move forward. Yeah, that's right. Right. Oh, Lisa Forbes, you are really a breath of fresh air. And again, such hope and encouragement for really creating a country and really helping ourselves to be members of this country that really makes such a great difference. And you're such an inspiration. Thank you so greatly for writing your book, sharing your story and really being the energy behind pushing it forward. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners. I hope that this is helpful to everybody, and I'm available if anyone wants to contact me, including you. (laughs) Thank you.